Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. Uh, this is Father Jacob Bertrand Jensik, and today uh, on this episode, I am joined by Father Bonaventure Chapman. Hi, Father Here I Bonaventure. Am. There he is. How you doing? Doing great, Father Jacob Bertrand. How are you doing? Oh, the best. Yeah. No, I really like when we don't record. We're not on episodes terribly often together, just the way it kind of... You never let me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's incredible. No, that, that's actually the true true thing that I just don't want to be on episodes with Father, Father Bonaventure. But my favorite thing about being on episodes with Father Bonaventure is that even though we've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half, not quite two years, but mm-hmm. over a year and a half, uh, and even though Father Bonaventure and I live in the same house, we still don't have like the wherewithal or the know-how to record in the same room. So we're both sitting in our respective places uh to record this so father jacob Burton is in his office and i am in his room no um that's not true <laughs> that's not true yeah that's true well we did used to record uh sometimes together and we'd sit around like a coffee table or something it was kind of bizarre but this is better and your your office is much nicer looking than any other place in this priory yeah so i get to visit it when we do these episodes so that's always exciting for me not only getting to see you but your your beautiful office well thank you um you're welcome i appreciate that yeah well here we are in what the fifth week of lent already is that right does that mean that holy week it's, is like just three days away it, you, yeah palm sunday is coming up where you maybe we'll get things this year and uh although it seems like this is the long lent long lent so it seems like this has been lent since last year basically yeah that's um, kind of true but we're getting you know resurrection's coming vaccines are here there's you know rumors there's rumors of of potential new life um, so it's kind of like the first century all over again. I imagine it felt just like this. Yeah, that might be true. Um, perhaps, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can neither confirm nor deny. But in any case, oh. what I can confirm is that it is the fifth week of Lent and we are just days away from Holy Week. And if you have been following the podcast at all, uh, you will know that through through Lent, we've been running a sort of series called Back to Virtue on the Virtues, Walking Through the Virtues. So even because you know, it doesn't fit neatly. We started the week before Lent uh, with the virtue of faith and worked through the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, or charity, I think is more um, appropriate, uh, perhaps, for the for the virtues. And now we are working through the cardinal or the um, the the cardinal virtues, I am free, or the moral virtues. Nat- wow, moral virtues, natural virtues, yeah. Very quickly. Um, so, this week's episode on temperance is the penultimate episode. So the previous two episodes with justice and prudence, I think in that order, maybe in the other order, and then next week will be the last on fortitude. So if you are looking to brush up on your virtues, you've tuned into the right to the right episode at least, and then you could work backwards if you want. And Father Jacob Bertrand, why would someone want to brush up on their virtues? That's a great question. I don't know. Well, virtues are just things that Dominicans talk about, right? So that's... that's Exactly. Um, But no, that is a good question because often uh, I think the worst kind of answers are answers to questions that haven't been asked. Um, So if we're just talking about virtue and we don't talk about, well, why? Well, we probably talked about why in other places, but because this episode is part of a series on virtues, let's talk about virtue for just a moment to, to get us situated, to get us oriented. So... If you haven't tuned in or don't remember, remember um, 
virtues. Uh, the virtues are important to the Christian life because the virtues are those tools or the means by which a Christian uh, is perfected or reaches perfection, um, of course, by the grace of God. Um, it is the way, it is the this, the virtues are sort of the dispositions or the qualities of a soul, we would say, that allow us to pursue the good. And ultimately, what is more, it's not just about being able to do things, uh, because in a sense, who cares if you can do this or that thing, but the virtues are really an imitation of Christ. It is the way in which the Christian pursues uh, the Christian life. It's the way in which the Christian pursues Christ. Um, Christ had the fullness of the virtues uh, in, in his humanity, in his, in his person, and in that we are given the grace, hopefully, um, certainly through the sacraments, but also through our cooperation uh, with grace to to live the virtuous life. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think it's right. Um, it's Virtues are like modes of existence, but existing well. You know, there, Father Jacob Bertrand talked about the, the powers of the soul in a way, and we all have particular powers to be able to speak and walk and run and talk and do things. But to do them well, it needs to have training and the right dispositions. And the virtues are, are doing that. You know, so just like when you have a dog and the dog doesn't really know to catch initially and kind of, you know, drops balls and doesn't pick it up right, it gets trained until it gets a sort of habitus, you could say, and has yeah. a virtue to fetch well. And that's what we all want to live well and exist well. And as he said, talk about existing like Christ. And the virtues, they, they help us to do that. So it's good to brush up on them. Uh, in a way, and to bring them to consciousness uh, so that we can explicitly aim at them. Because unlike dogs, we have rational powers so that we can actually act upon ideas and thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that Father Bonaventure, you mentioned the word uh, habitus, or just the, that's the Latin for the word habit. And I think in, in talking about the virtues in the moral life, sometimes using the Latin word, the habitus, is is better because when we talk about habits with respect to virtues and vices, we're not talking about a habit as we usually think, the sort of rote, unthinking response to something, you know, the Pavlovian kind of experiment where, you know, you ring a dog, ring a bell, you don't ring a dog. Where you, you ring, ring a, a dog and a bell comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the dog salivates just out of a habit. What we're talking about here, because we are rational beings, is our, is that our, our actions contribute to who we are and to what we do. So somebody is on the, on the bad side of things, same thing with vices, on the bad side of things, a liar is a liar because he lies. But someone is a prudent person, a prudent person is prudent because he practices prudence. And all of this is infused by grace. But before this episode uh, is on is on the virtue of temperance, but before we dive into that, let's take a step back and hmm. situate temperance within the grand scheme of the virtues. So classically, the virtues are divided into two groups, the theological and then the moral or the cardinal, cardinal virtues. Tell us about the theological virtues just by way of quick summary. Sure, sure. Quick summary. So the theological virtues are the virtues, as you can imagine, to do with God. And so their object is God. They aim at God. So our relationship with God, um, and they do in particular ways. So faith is, in a sense, the first theological virtue. It's our intellect's good acting or good thinking or good directions, the, the habitus of thinking well about God and, the, and divine things. So that's what faith is, a gift to do that. And these are supernatural ones, so we, we receive them as gifts and develop them in terms of grace uh, as we participate and cooperate with God's gift uh, to us. Uh, that's why sin is so important to to remove from your life because you can't cooperate with the graces to live well in these ways uh, in faith 
and in hope is the second one, which is uh, the virtue of willing well for yourself. So willing the eternal good for yourself. Um, so overcoming different vices and things that would keep you from eternal life. And then charity or love is, again, the second one for the will. The will gets two because the will is super important. Uh, and it's willing the good for the good's sake. So willing God as your end, not just for you, which is for hope is for your eternal life, but for, for loving God. It's like the inverse of, in confession, you talk about, we talk about imperfect and perfect contrition. So we say, I'm sorry for my sins because of punishment, but really I'm sorry because they offend you, God, who are all good and deserving of love. Theological virtues are like the, the antidotes to that. Hope is, I'm sorry, I, I want to love you for heaven, and then charity is, I want to love you for you because you are worthy of love and you're like God as in the sense of like a beautiful painting that just deserves to be appreciated and viewed for its own sake, not because it gets you anything from that. Right. So the theological virtues, as Father Bonaventure broke them down, orient us to God. The object, we would say, what they're aimed at is is God himself. Now, the moral virtues, of which temperance is one of the, the four um, principal moral virtues, those direct our, our, our actions towards the good, um, to those things that are means to holiness. So if you want to know more about prudence and justice, um, tune into last, the last two weeks' episodes uh, last Thursday and the Thursday before, they they cover those. And if you want to know about fortitude, then you can listen to next week's episode. Uh, you should still listen to this one, but we're going to talk about temperance today. So temperance is one of those four um, moral virtues. And temperance, um, we could define temperance in this way, that temperance, the virtue of temperance, is a supernatural habit. Remember, we're still talking in the world of grace here, that God gives us the grace to live this way. So a supernatural habit that moderates the inclination to sense pleasures, uh, and keeps them within the limits of reason, illumined by faith. So a couple. What things a like mouthful! That. But it's a good definition. It's you. You did a great job. Well, it's not my definition. I didn't come up with it. It's the definition. It's a definition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Uh, so I think it's a helpful definition because it covers all of the points that we've been talking about in this series. So it's supernatural, right? Given by you know, aided by grace, given given to us by God in grace. It's a habit. It's something that we build over time by cooperating with grace. Um, but it is a, the the virtue we could say of moderation. It moderates our inclination to food, drink, and sex to sex, to um, food, drink, and sex, to those sense pleasures. And it keeps them within mm. the limits of reason. And that within the limits of reason is super important. We're, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And this is a, a really Thomistic kind of point in, in the moral kind of, in moral, um, moral virtues and the moral and uh, Christian moral life. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Okay, definition. What's the what's how does this play out? How do what is how does temperance at least generally play out then? What's the purpose of it in a more um practical way, yeah, Father Bonaventure? These are the interesting ones because so faith, hope, and love or charity, and then prudence is about the the reason, in a sense, practical reason. And then justice is about the will and willing the good. And those are kind of all spiritual. They're related to spiritual things. So like you I mean angels you know you could like a rational soul kind of has this being but temperance and fortitude are are kind of like the animal supernatural virtues because they have to do with as you heard sense pleasure sense pleasures for temperance um you could talk about like the base passions i mean the vision of and this is the Thomistic aspect father jacob bertram was bringing up is 
Thomas doesn't, St. Thomas and the Catholic Church, of course, in general, doesn't run away from sense pleasures or the world, but rather draws it up, draws the world up by grace into a reasonable discourse and reasonable action. And temperance is aimed at those sense appetites, we could say. So the appetites that we have and share with with animals. And those appetites are described in particular ways. Um, so what would you what would you want to do with that? How do you want to describe the the appetites? Yeah. This is I have to say this is Father Jacob Bertrand did his Tessina on these sort of things. His uh, his you could say his master's thesis in a way. So um, I know he'll have some excellent things to say about this as well. So Uh-oh, dangerous. What uh, what are appetites now? Yeah, that that's a great question. And also another one of those kind of uh, things that that get lost in translation, like the word habit and habitus. So um, in a sense, it's related to what you would think of as as uh, as a as an appetite, something that we have a desire for, you know, I have an appetite for what burgers and beer, you know, you could that's a weird way to say that I want to eat that. But you know what I mean? Um, when we look at the soul, so to take a step back, when we look at the human person, we this is coming from Aristotle and through Thomas Aquinas and other thinkers too. But we can identify, um, as Father ben- Bonaventure made mention earlier, powers of the soul. And all that means is that we can look at what the thing does and then say from what it does, well, then it has the ability to do that. So let's look at the human person, for example. Um, human people, human people, humans grow. Human beings grow, as do animals and plants. So traditionally, this part of the soul, the, the soul that gives the living being the power to grow, is typically referred to as the vegetative soul. It just allows the thing to grow. So we have that power. We have that power. Um, we could say more about it, but it's not necessary. Uh, the second kind of level or power um, would be the sensitive soul. Um, not that like, oh, I'm sensitive, I cry at movies, but the sensitive so that we, there are senses that re- react to external objects. So classically here, think of the five senses, um, but there are more than just f- those five senses. There are intellectual senses, there are, um, and then we have the, the two appetites that I'm setting aside for a second that we'll talk about. And then the third power, the third soul of the person, right? So we have vegetative, sensitive. The third, we're also probably familiar with, but just not under this terminology, but the rational part of the soul, our ability to know and love. So we know that these powers of the soul exist because we can reason and we could will things, we could love things. Um, So we can just talk about, when we talk about parts of the soul, there's one soul, but the soul enables the person or the living being to to do multiple things. So if we're looking at the sensitive soul, let's let's say a word about these appetites. Um, we can talk about two different appetites here in the person um, that are important for this discussion on virtue. The first is the concupiscible appetite, or we'll start with the irascible. The first is the irascible appetite. And the irascible appetite is simply the person's response um, to something that is arduous, something that is difficult to get uh, or to avoid. So when the person, when we sense something, when we perceive something as good, but difficult to get, um, that's our our concup, our sorry, our irascible appetite responds to that. So if I want to get in as an undergraduate, I wanted to be a doctor. If I want to get into medical school, I know the steps that I need to take as an undergraduate, studying good grades, MCATs, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's a possible good for me to attain, but a difficult one. So here. The virtue of fortitude comes in to, to allow us to persevere. That'll, we're going to leave that for now because that's fortitude's the topic of next week's episode. The other is called the concupiscible appetite. Similar to the irascible, 
But the concupiscible appetite responds to those things that are either good things that are easy to get or good or bad things that are easy to avoid. So the difference there is between easy and, and not so easy. Um, and this is the subject of temperance. So we can think of food. Typically, food is something, you know, I desire, I can get it pretty easily. There's, you know, typically. Um, uh, same thing with a drink of water. You know, our, there's an immediate response or, or bad food. There's an immediate aversion. And temperance is that virtue that moderates our response to these appetites, to these desires. Um, so... With that, why don't we take a break? Let's process that for a minute. Keep in mind that we're talking about temperance, the concupiscible appetite. We've dug in a little bit, and now we're going to climb back out now that we've sort of done the work to kind of understand what's going on. So hang tight. We're going to take a break, and when we return, we'll talk about temperance with respect to living the Christian life. We'll be right back. You are listening to God's Planning. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to God's Planning. I'm Father Jacob Bertrand, and I'm here with Father Bonaventure. And uh, in the first half of half of the episode, we were kind of reviewing our our virtues our, in, our, in this series of back to virtue, and then diving into the weeds a bit on on this um, on this temperance, on the virtue of temperance. Um, which, yeah, it might be a little bit of a of a of a slog, but really sets up what we're going to talk about now, and also what uh, for next week's episode on fortitude. So, Father Bonaventure, we talked about these appetites, the concupiscible appetite. Um, how how do you, how would you sort of give a sort of I don't know I don't like this phrase elevator pitch elevator summary, but like bring that into into focus for us what we've been talking about with respect to the person, I guess. Of course. So the concupiscible ask appetites involves concupiscence and you might have heard this so these are all jargon terms here but you're probably familiar with something about concupiscence as well inclinations and oftentimes sinful inclinations we have this language of concupiscence the the, in a sense the leftover remnants of original sin kind of draws to sense pleasures that we oughten not to be drawn to so we talked about these these basic powers here that we share with animals, wanting food and drink and reproduction, this kind of thing. But because, well, the fall and because we're sinful, we don't or shouldn't trust all the time these inclinations that we have. Like they could be drawn to, in general, they're we, we drawn to good things like food, but we might be drawn to it too much. We might be drawn to eating too much food or the wrong kind of food in the wrong way. Or we could be, in the same way, drawn treat food improperly by eating too little, right? It could be, we could be aver- aver- averting from it or something. And the same thing to do with sex as well. These are, in a sense, food and sex are the kind of basic platforms of human sin because they're so basic to our natures in terms of nutrition and reproduction and the, the sense of being a human being in, our nat- in the natural sense. So temperance, although it initially seems like a kind of low-level virtue, not as interesting or important as justice and, and prudence or the theological virtues, is in a way kind of the, the foundation virtue for living towards the good. The fortitude, of course, is for the more difficult things, but if you don't get temperance right, if we're not good, temperate people, then it's harder to build in the other virtues because we're going to be distracted by our sense pleasures. So it's a crucial virtue to have. I suppose the other thing to mention that temperance 
Oftentimes we think of temperance as abstinence. You can confuse these two things with the temperance league, and you think about the progressive era, 1930s, and um, all, all involved in in that movement of prohibition. And so a temperate person we might initially think of, at least in a Protestant world, as someone who doesn't drink at all or doesn't have any fun, no dancing, no gambling, this kind of stuff. And the temperance for under Catholic understanding is a virtue which is about doing things in the right way, at the right times, for the right reasons, the the virtue of being living in the mean to this. So the virtue of temperance is going to tell us how we are to enjoy the sensible pleasure of things, how we are going to enjoy food and sex in the right way and in a way that's befitting of, of godliness. Yeah, and I think that's exactly... The, like the point to latch onto here is that um, often when we think about the virtues and especially things that fall under the virtue of temperance, it's we we often hear them in terms of negative commands like don't drink too much, don't have sex before you get married, don't do this, don't you know and like yes those are good things but the the reality is is that the the virtues all of them and temperance included are are less about what we ought not do and more about what what a, a fully integrated, fulfilled, flourishing person does. So the temperate, per, the temperate person knows how to live in right reason with respect to food, drink, and sex. And what is more is that in, in St. Thomas's language, that the person uh, that we who live temperately um, respond to food, drink, and sex joyously, joyfully, promptly, and easily. We don't struggle in these areas when we live the fullness of virtue. And that's why when we begin to try to live a temperate life, um, there's there's struggle. We, we, we're not habituated. Remember, we're talking about habits here, so we might have contrary habits. But as grace works on us over time, and as we cooperate with grace, we, we become conformed to pursuing the good um, in such a way that it's joyful, easy, and we do so promptly. And so why don't we um, just list, so temperance is the this sort of umbrella virtue here, but there are, there are the sort of sub-virtues of temperance that kind of identify some of these. So as Father Bonaventure was saying, abstinence um, is that sub-virtue that moderates food, sobriety, that sub-virtue that moderates the way in which we drink or how we drink, chastity moderates sexual pleasure and sexual interaction, Purity and modesty also far, fall under temperance. Purity um, moderates the the our sort of external actions that would perhaps lead or prepare one for sexual relationships and or not. And modesty, especially with the way we dress, the way we present ourselves. Um, so all of this has to do with with uh, as Father Bonaventure, Bonaventure was saying these these base um, or common. Um, appetites or desires for uh, food, drink, and sex, the things that we share um, with with animals, even. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about those, but I think they help to shed light. Okay, and what are we talking about? What what are the actual things, you know, that food, drink, sex, the big, the big three? When a, yeah, and again, this is the, the, being a human is not just like learning, being habituated uh, to act well, but it's being habituated to act well through the use of reason. So all of these kind of distinctions that we make here with abstinence, sobriety, chastity, purity, and modesty, you you think, oh, it's expanding things, but it's it's making our actions more precise. It's making it clearer so that we can actually, in a sense, target better. It's like having better GPS tracking. You can get closer and closer to to the what you actually need to fix to live and celebrate well. Because temperance, of course, is the virtue of celebrating. It's the virtue of how to celebrate well, how to rejoice at certain occasions, and how not to rejoice on other occasions. So it's for, as Father Jacob Burton said, 
positive things, because these, these are all goods. Food, sex, and drink are, are, are natural goods. And the virtue of temperance is the correction, both the natural and the supernatural level, of celebrating and aiming at those and achieving those goods well. And so, absence, sobriety, chastity, purity, modesty, and you might think this is just getting cumbersome, but it actually means that you're learning how to speak better and more and more fluently, and that translates into acting better and more fluently. It's about pre- being precise about how we interact as human beings with ourselves and with others. So they're good to have to distinguish between them, just like when you, you know a fluent writer, you know, the difference between someone who's a third grade author and someone who's an actual novelist is the command of language. And these these sub-virtues of temperance, getting down into them, gives us a better command of human action. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that this better command is is perhaps a good way to, to talk about this point, this rational, using how how these things are incorporated into our into that higher power of the soul, the rational part of our soul. And this is something unique that we find in in St. Thomas. And I think that when I first came across it, I found it to be something pretty pretty astounding. And I don't think something that we hear all too mm. often in when we talk the, about the moral life, or especially the way that the church treats treats the moral life. And that's that St. Thomas gives the church this idea that um, these base or common or lower desires, food, drink, and sex, um, they actually contribute to our holiness when integrated into the person by grace. He, the, the, a, a phrase was coined that they become rational by participation. So these desires for food, drink, and sex, when aided and healed by grace, when they're, when, as Father Bonaventure was talking, we act properly for these goods, um, they, they become incorporated or governed by our reason. So our reason dictates when it is good to participate in, in food, drink, and sex, and how and to what degree and these kind of things. These contribute to our growth and holiness. So to kind of boil that down even, even more simply, like enjoying the company of your friends and enjoying a nice like a, a, a bourbon and like maybe a cigar or whatever. I mean, that's kind of sometimes what we do here, but I don't know what you like to enjoy or other things. Um, that can actually make you holy. It can mm. actually contribute I, to your holiness. Yeah, and I think it's and and through reason. I mean, we we think that's uh, how can you eat rationally and ho- and eat in a holy fashion. But anyone who who has animals, like has a dog, for instance, and we talk about oh, it's time for din- it's dinner time for the dog. And what does that mean? It means you throw a plate in front of a dog, and then they slam their head into the into the bowl and eat it as fast as possible, and then like spread water everywhere, right? And if we did that, like you could put a plate on the table and someone just slammed their head into it, you'd say you're not being rational, you're not being human, you're not being a good person, right? Even you get immoral about this sort of thing. This is this is an affront, and that's what so our eating. You know, in a very basic sense, like being at dinner, knowing manners, knowing how to have a conversation, knowing how to eat well and and exist with people is a rational thing. Like we as human beings do even these basic things rationally. And then with grace, of course, we do them for the glory of God and sense of living well and with others and supporting. This is where charity kind of comes in. All the virtues, of course, kind of mix together and they build off each other. But it's that rational by participation is something that sounds strange at first, but once you see it and then you think about how animals do some of these things we do, but not anywhere near, almost in a sense of like, they're not eating at all. They're just, they're just feeding, you know, we're the ones who are eating. So that's how we kind of elevate first to rational and then to, to grace in this way. Then of course, the more, the higher powers like loving and knowing 
those can be elevated in grace in a specific way, in a higher way, because we're not going to really, I mean, eating in heaven is not exactly, obviously, the same uh, as it is in, in the, so these don't have the same kind of, they have a ceiling to them, you could say, whereas knowing and loving don't have the same ceiling. Yeah, I think that's right. So we've, we've kind of, first half of the episode, dove in to the, to the weeds a bit, and now I've kind of pulled out about with more things uh, specific to, to temperance. So what, uh, perhaps in the last few minutes, a few points about living the virtue of temperance. How do we do that? I think that one of, one of the really important uh, things in the Christian life and growth in the Christian life is to pray for the virtues and to pray for those virtues as the antidotes to the vices in our lives. So the, if we look at the church fathers and through the, you know, even the desert fathers before and the church fathers, I guess, at around the same time, and through the history of the church, the tradition of the church always seems to lump virtues and vices together. So classic example that, you know, the, the remedy to pride is humility. Um, so we pray, we have to first recognize where we are weak, where we're broken, where our vices may lie, where we tend to sin, but then to pray for the contrary um, virtues, because remember, they are grace, they're supernatural reality. So with respect to temperance, if if difficulties with food, whether as Father Bonaventure said, overeating, undereating is a problem, well, pray for the pray for that virtue of abstinence. If drink, you know, if you find yourself going out too much and drinking too much, pray, you know, well, maybe stop doing that. You can have a little self-control, but also pray for the virtue of sobriety. If issues with, with your, with sexuality, with relationships, pray for the virtue of chastity. You know, our, the Holy Spirit hears and responds. The other thing that I'll say here, and I'm sure Father Bonaventure has a couple ideas, but the other thing that I think is particularly united to growth in in um, our relationship to food, drink, and sex, our growth in relationship to the virtue of temperance, is, is penance. If you think about what we often do as, as Catholics for penance, it's often surround, it often revolves around food, drink, and sex. We give up food um, for Lent. We have all these kind of moderations around food and drink. Um, the, the taming of the flesh, remember these are common or basic appetites that we share, the taming and the control of, of our bodily desires, controlled by what? Not just by like beating them down, but controlled by reason to integrate them into the higher powers is often done through a bit of penance and a bit of taming and a bit of, of control in that way. So Lent is kind of a perfect time, but um, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Father Bonaventure? Well, I would say the, again, bringing it up into grace. So again, temperance of itself isn't the highest virtue, but it, it certainly is a necessary one to live the life of grace indirectly in the way that if you can't get your passions under control, and we're going to afford it to next week, if you can't get these ones under control, you're not going to be able to get the rational, the, the reason, the will under control itself. So that even though these seem like they're low-hanging fruit, they're really important, and you can't just skip over them. We believe that grace builds on nature, and since we're human beings, we're made with bodies and souls as a unity, uh, it matters what we do with our bodies for our souls. So it's not like we're ghosts and machines, and it doesn't really matter, because don't worry, we can always go to confession, but if you build in the wrong sensate aspects of your life, uh, and you're not satisfying the pleasures in the right way, then you're unlikely to go for the higher things of actually loving others, loving God, knowing others, knowing God in the same way. So sometimes aiming at these are actually, if you can get your sense pleasures ordered, you find that it's a lot easier to get your spiritual life in order as well, because you've, in a sense, removed hindrances from those graces of the rational aspects of your knowing and loving, since 
you're not fighting those in the sense the sense realm. So they're so while not directly applicable all the time to spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices of knowing and loving and God and others, they're indirectly crucial to being able to do those things. They're like when you learn an instrument, the scales, you don't want to play scales for the rest of your life and chords on the piano or something or in the guitar. But you need to know those things to be able to actually instantiate really beautiful music on them. They're crucial. And that's temperance is is essential in that aspect. All right. Well, I think we've kind of set our piece on temperance. I don't know. Any final last thoughts here, Father Bonaventure? No, I think, I think again, it's important that um, people see temperance. It's, it's for a good and not a negative thing in terms of, you know, saying no to things. We, again, to turn back to Christ, the Imitatio Christi, Christ is not a naysayer, uh, all things yes in Christ for him, but yes in the right way. And so when we try to live the virtuous life, even at the sense pleasures level, we're trying to live life. We're living, but living well. So it's important that it's not a negation and saying you can't do these things, but you you but rather you should do these things, which might ex- exclude these other things. But always focus on living well on the positives of the holy life and not the negative part of it. That's great. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Godsplaining. Um, as we've said through the episode and at the top of the episode, um, this is the, the penultimate uh, episode in our Back to Virtue Lenten series. So if you've missed some before, either on Faith, Hope, and Charity or Prudence, Justice, or you're looking forward to Fortitude, those are all um, available on your normal podcast apps or websites or wherever people get podcasts from. So um, if you if you don't mind when you're looking for those episodes to um, to give us a like, to share, comment, um, maybe share it with somebody who you think might uh, benefit from listening to what we have to say. Um, also, thank you to those who are supporting the podcast through Patreon. If you'd like to become one of our donors, you can certainly head over to our Patreon website and do that. Uh, we also have some cool new-ish merch on um on our on our website so check that out it's been up for it's new i guess it's been up for like a month now um i guess the last thing to to make to make mention here as we have been over the last couple episodes is that um uh, we are hosting a retreat in new york in july that we're really excited for all five of us from the podcast will be there it is um it will be july 23rd through 25th as it's called as it is in heaven living the christian life i believe that's what it's called i don't have it right in front of me um but if you're looking for an an in-person retreat this summer uh, by a handful of uh, Dominicans from Godsplaining, this might be something worth checking out. So um, until next time, know of our prayers, please pray for us and take care. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.